0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from the United States Postal Service. Turn shipping to your advantage with USPS Ground Advantage service. Learn how to gain a competitive edge at USPS.com slash advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple. Affordable. Reliable.
1: Thanks for listening to Ask Me Another. We'd like to better understand who is listening and how you are using podcasts. So please help us out by completing a short anonymous survey at npr.org/podcastsurvey. It takes less than 10 minutes and it really helps support the show. That's npr.org/podcastsurvey. Hey, it's Ophir Eisenberg here. All month long, Ask Me Another showcasing and celebrating women in comedy. So this week, in keeping with the theme, we're revisiting one of our favorite episodes with two of our favorite comedians, Michelle Wolf and from Late Night with Seth Meyers, Amber Ruffin. Enjoy.
2: From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, It's NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hello! Hey, everybody!
1: We have a great show for you. We have four brilliant contestants. They're hanging out backstage right now, lighting our public radio menorah. They are. Yeah, it stays lit for eight days and eight nights thanks to the miracle of CBD oil. <laughs> uh, we have two guests on this show. Two amazing guests. Yeah, Michelle Wolf. Amber Ruffin. Yes. Women, comedians, actually including me, there will be three female comedians on this stage and it's not even a Planned Parenthood benefit, okay? <laughs> Small strides. Uh, Michelle Wolfe, in addition to doing all the things she does, she also runs ultra marathons. <laughs> Ultra-marathons. Yeah, they're harder than marathons. For example, at ultra-marathons, the fans on the sidelines boo you as you run by. That happens. They hold up signs and say, for God's sake, stop! They're actually just longer. They're longer marathons. I've actually never run a marathon, period. Um, I guess because I've never had a breakup that bad. But... Uh, Our second guest is Amber Ruffin, who is a writer for Late Night with Seth Meyers. Yeah. So when she was hired in 2014, Amber became the first black woman writer on a late-night network television talk show. Yeah. Amber Ruffin, who is a comedian, is also a storyteller on drunk history. Uh, So hilarious. We're going to see if Amber wants to play the NPR version of Drunk History. It's called Calmly Discussing Politics While Sharing a Half-Glass of Merlot. (laughs) Which I'm pretty sure is a podcast, by the way. And an offering from the NPR Wine Club. (laughs) All right, let's play some games, everybody. Our first two contestants will play a game about paperback novels. I've always felt that my dating style was similar to the publishing industry. At first, I'm expensive with a hard protective cover. <laughs> but after a year, I get cheap and vulnerable and covered in food stains. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Laurel Happenin. You recently moved here from Seattle. I did. What's one thing that you were loving about New York that Seattle does not have? You know, it's New York. What are you doing? You're in my face. You're in my face. <laughs> what do you want? It's just like taxi driver, lawn order, and bagels. <laughs> this is basically what I do on my couch. Though, are you so. just hanging out on one corner in front of a bagel store?
3: <clears throat> this might be my problem. Yes. <laughs> I might want to like go a block out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Laurel, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Jennifer Connors. Jennifer, you told our producers that once in the early 2000s, you sold a whoopee cushion to Ice-T. What were the circumstances?
4: Well, I worked in a children's toy store. Okay. And, um, so yes, Ice-T and Coco came in, and they purchased a whoopee cushion. And it was like, they had never seen anything like it before. Their minds were blown. They were just laughing and so they giggling. They were like, this is so, I mean, it makes that sound when someone's, yes, that's <laughs> what's what happens when you, when you put a whoopee cushion under someone. It will make a sound of flatulence, and it was just...
1: They were like, "This is so great! Yes. Dick Wolf is going to never see this
4: coming."
2: Yeah, I bet that day on set was pretty fun.
4: I would, I would imagine so.
1: <laughs> Jennifer, when you ring in, we're going to hear this. Laurel and Jennifer, whoever has more points after two games, will go on to our final round. We're going to kick things off with one of our favorite guessing games: this, that, or the other. We will read you a phrase. You tell us which of three categories it belongs to. Jonathan Coulton, what are today's categories?
2: Today's categories are the first line of a paperback thriller, the title of a song by the beloved verbose indie band The Mountain Goats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, them. Or a popular mnemonic device taught in schools, such as My Very Excellent Mother Just Served Us Nachos, which helps you remember the order of the planets.
1: Ring in to answer, and if it's a mnemonic device, you can earn a bonus point by telling us what it's for. Here we go. Here's your first one. The last camel collapsed at noon. Is that a book, a song, or a mnemonic device? Laurel. Uh, From a book. It is from a book. (gasps) Yes. That is from (laughs) The Key to Rebecca. It's a great book for humans, not a popular book with camels.
2: (laughs) Never Eat Shredded Wheat. Is that from a book, a song, or a mnemonic device? Laurel.
1: A mnemonic device?
2: Yeah, that's right. Do you know what it stands for? No, I have no idea. It is uh, for the cardinal directions, north, east, south, and west.
1: Never eat shredded wheat. Maybe it's just also something celiac, say, in their head.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Jennifer. Mnemonic. Yeah, that's right. And for the bonus point, do you know what it's for?
4: Uh, it's the m- order you do math math stuff. <laughs> <It's> parentheses, <laughs> exponents, multiply, add, divide, subtract. That's, right.
2: that's right. That's or- order of operations in math. That's great. There will be
1: no divorce. Book, song, or the weirdest mnemonic of all time. I'm going to say book. Good guess. But I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Jennifer, can you steal? I'm going to go with song. (laughs) Yeah, it is a mountain goat song. Yes. (laughs) This is your last clue. Every good boy does fine. Laurel. That is a mnemonic. That is correct. Can you tell me what it stands for? It's uh, for the scale.
2: It's you were, very close.
1: You were okay. in the totally in the, the right place. Musical. We were looking for the treble clef line notes E G B D F. That was a great game, and at the end of that first game, we have a tie. Whoa. Our next game is about fictional monsters like gluten. This is an audio quiz called Monster Tracks. It's simple. I'm going to play you a clip of a fictional creature. You're just going to tell me what television show or movie it's from. And guess what? The points are doubled. Whoever wins this game goes to the final round. Whoever doesn't win this game, just like the producers of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, will be sued by the Church of Satan. Here we go. This monster's natural habitat is a Manhattan food cart.
2: Uh, What the hell is that
1: thing?
4: Jennifer, that's Slimer from Ghostbusters.
1: Yeah, that's right. So good. The 2016 all-female version, which screwed everyone up.
2: Right, ruined all of our childhoods. very
1: hard on everyone.
2: (laughs) How did we move on? I don't know. In a way, we haven't.
1: (laughs) In a way, we haven't. You're right. In this clip, a Bigfoot struggles to adapt to his new life with his new tiny-footed family.
5: I don't care how big, (gasps) ugly, and smelly you are. You just can't go around eating other
3: people's corsages.
1: Laurel. Harry and the Hendersons. That is correct. This monster finds a new home in a nice, dry, shady house with strict meal schedules. Can I pick him up, Dad?
2: What's sure, that? go ahead. Just be careful. You gotta be gentle. I will. I,
1: will. I hope he's housebroken. Laurel. Gremlins. Yes, gremlins.
6: Don't feed it after midnight.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right. Also the only female gremlin was in high heels and lipstick that seems unfair. <laughs> we need like a non-binary reboot <laughs> where they all just wear flats and lip balm and nobody they can figure it out as they go along. That's right, all that's right? right. For some reason the internet embraced this bedtime story monster as a gay icon. <laughs> Jennifer, the Baba Duck. Yeah, it's right in there, isn't it? That's so right.
3: Good.
1: Yeah, that began as an uh, ironic joke on Tumblr in 2017. Just saying Tumblr sounds very <laughs> 2017, <laughs> doesn't it? Very
2: old fashioned. Tumblr, yeah.
1: And then it was embraced and spread during uh, the following Pride Month. So the true monster, once again, is the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this monster finally makes it right side up for the final showdown. <laughs>
4: Is it, is it dead? Jennifer. Well, it's the monster from Stranger Things, and it goes from the upside down to the right oh, side oh, up. Oh, oh, so oh. So the upside good. down monster?
1: Yeah, all you had to say is Stranger Things. You already got the points. Oh. The Demogorgon didn't originate in Stranger Things or Dungeons and Dragons. It appeared in Paradise Lost, in Voltaire's writings, and it is referenced in Moby Dick. This is your last clue. Here a monster goes through his daily calisthenics.
6: Ah, Peter leopard. Ah, you call yourself a monster? Ah, scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. Oh, the kids are white. Okay, scary feet, scary feet, scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. Scary. Kids asleep.
1: <sighs> Laurel. Well, it's a monster's ink. Yeah. Monster? Yeah, that's all you need. You just need to give me Monsters, Inc. That's right. Monsters, Inc. (laughs) Character. James P. Sully Sullivan and Mike Wazowski. All right. Well done, both of you. It's a tie. So so here's the deal. I have a tiebreaker question, so I'm going to throw the question out, ring in, and we'll see how it goes. What blue creature's alter ego Alistair... Hosts Monster Peace Theater on Sesame Street. Laurel. Cookie Monster. That is correct. <laughs> After two games, Laurel is going to our final round. <laughs> Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Laurel in our final round. Plus, comedian Michelle Wolf is here, and she is hungry like the wolf because we don't provide craft services for our guests. <laughs> I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: This message is brought to you by NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options within your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
5: This message comes from NPR sponsor Mattress Firm. How do you sleep at night? No matter what might be keeping you up, Mattress Firm can help anyone sleep. Mattress Firm will find you the right mattress from a wide selection of top brands at every budget. Plus, if you see a lower price somewhere else, they'll match it up to 120 nights with their low price guarantee. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night. Restrictions apply. See MattressFirm.com or store for details.
1: From your car radio to your smart speaker, NPR meets you where you are in a lot of different ways. Now we're in your pocket. Download the NPR app today. Mm
2: This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now, here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. She's a comedian who performed at the White House Correspondents' Dinner earlier in 2018. She hosted the Netflix show The Break, and her HBO special is called Nice Lady. Please welcome Michelle Wolf. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Nice to see you. (laughs) It's
6: nice to see you, too.
1: Um, I joked earlier in the show that you are not just a marathoner, you're an ultra marathoner.
6: Yeah, I don't do marathons because I think they're too short. Yeah, what is that? I'm just an insufferable human. That's that's what it is. It's like people run marathons and everyone's like, that's an accomplishment. And then I go, no, it's not. (laughs) And then I run these like stupid 50 mile races that are... uh, Dumb. They're dumb. I mean, yeah, afterwards you're like, I'm amazing, but you do want to die. You want to die when it's happening.
1: So I did not know about this about you until I uh, read up on you. You studied kinesiology in college?
6: Yeah. Oh, is there another kinesiology head in there?
1: Come on. It's a study of human and non-human movements.
6: Yeah, yeah. The study of how the body moves. It's really like sports science, exercise science. Um, you know, it's like a lot of biomechanics and exercise physiology. And I dissected a human. Nice. Uh, yeah. Fun fact. This is the fun fact hour with yeah, Michelle. perfect. Uh, <laughs> dissected a human cadaver uh, in anatomy class. And that was the first uh, adult male penis I had ever seen. The first adult male penis I've ever seen. I I cut in half. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then after college you started working in finance. You worked at Bear Stearns and later J.P. Morgan. So why the switch to finance?
6: Yeah, I I took the really popular route of studying (laughs) exercise science in college and then moving to New York and getting a job on Wall Street. Uh, I was really burning out after college. I was such a nerd. I, I studied all the time. Like, I, not only did I want to get an A, I wanted to get the best grade in the class. I'm a terrible human. I, just between that and the ultra marathons, I just, I can't emphasize how insufferable I am. <laughs> the voice doesn't help. Uh, uh, but uh, fun fact about Wall Street is uh, they love people that are just competitive. And we'll do anything to win. So they love athletes. And I was an Uh, athlete in college, and I got good grades, so they were like, oh, yeah, she'll be great. Don't worry that she's never taken a business class. I was going to (laughs) say.
1: Didn't matter.
6: Didn't matter at all. Didn't matter that I had no training. Uh, So I got hired at Bear Stearns in the summer of 2007. Uh, (laughs) Great time. It was a great time. It was a really... The energy of the company was palpable. Uh, and then how did you make the leap
1: to go, you know what, I, I got to do this comedy thing?
6: Well, I, um, in uh, March of 2008, when, uh, when Bear Stearns was collapsing, uh, <laughs> my friends had come to visit, and we went to a taping of SNL, and I've always been such a big fan. And after that, I was like, how did these guys get into this? How do you do this? And I like, Googled all of them, and they all started in improv, so I just signed up for an improv class. And then after my first improv class, I was like, oh, I just want to do something like this. This is really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, like, uh, you know, after like, a, about three years, I, I kind of switched over to stand up.
1: Yeah. But, uh, and, then, and then you, in 2014, you start working as a writer on Late Night with Seth Myers. Yes. And you said in an interview that from day one, you just made fun of him. Like, every yeah. single day.
6: Yeah, no, uh, one of my favorite things about Seth Meyers is, uh, first of all, very easy to make fun of, Ah. Uh, <laughs> but also, it's fine with being made fun of, and then right. he'll make fun of me, and it's a great relationship, and he, I mean, he's one of the nicest, smartest, funniest people I know, who I can also just make fun of him, <laughs> the fact that he has a heart, <laughs> like, He's a very nice person, and I like to make fun of the fact that he has a heart and cries. <laughs> How would you describe your dynamic? I think he's a little scared of me, and then, uh, like, 98% is friends with me. <laughs> <laughs> 2% scared, 98 friends. <laughs> that
1: sounds perfect. Yeah. Good and then many of us uh, know you from, of course, your brilliant performance at the White House correspondence <laughs>
6: Dinner. I will say that I think because of what I did, they're always going to have a comedian. <laughs> they will never stray from that
1: tradition. Uh, when you, that, I mean, that's a big gig. Uh, it comes with a lot of weight just in general. When you were offered it, was there any moment that you were like, ah, let me think about this, or were you... I, just immediately, I want to do that.
6: I actually, right when I got offered it, I texted Seth to be like, because he had done it before. I was like, should I do it? And he was like, do it. And I was like, all right. (laughs) Uh, I also knew going in, my approach to it was going to be different than most people that had done it. Everyone had told me how bad the room was. They're like, it's not a good room. You know, try to do like some inside baseball stuff. That'll keep them laughing. And I was like, I'm not going to do it for the room. I'm going to do it for the people. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they they got that historian author guy uh, Mm -hmm. this year, which I'm sure he's very, I mean, his books are acclaimed. He has a Pulitzer Prize, you know, like he's clearly a very smart, accomplished man. But I think their reasoning for getting him is a little off. Because they want to make a case for the First Amendment. Which, first of all, if you have to make a case for the First Amendment, you're losing. It. Yeah, it's not happening. Uh, yeah, you're you're on the brink of it being taken away. Uh, I think that's what they call an opening argument. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know, like everyone makes fun of Trump. You know, like the point of that dinner is also kind of to hold the media accountable, right? Because right now, I would say the media is doing. You know, I'm a very big proponent of the First Amendment. Believe me, if I said half the things I say in other countries, I would be murdered. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, I think the press needs to really hold themselves accountable to be like, yeah, maybe we don't need to show 12 straight hours of a tweet that Trump said uh, with, like, seven <clears throat> different panels... Discussing why I it was bad. I know. You know, and it's on us too to like not watch it constantly. You know, but uh, yeah, th- my main point was what I said at the end of the dinner, which was I think the media—they pretend to hate Trump, but they love him they love because him. they're selling everything that they're making. They're selling their books, their TV, their newspapers. He is selling it all for them, and they are all getting so rich. Why we suffer immensely. And I'm not sure a historian making a case for the First Amendment is going to go after them for that.
1: <laughs> All right. Michelle, are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes. Okay, the good news is you actually don't have to face this challenge alone. Here to help you is our other guest tonight. You actually know her from working with her on late night with Seth Myers, is Amber Ruffin. <laughs> Amber, how are you? is yeah. uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, you two know each other, obviously. We've met.
6: <laughs> I mean, once or twice, but we don't want to talk about.
1: It. <laughs> did you meet uh, as writers on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers? That's we the, did for yeah. the, that first time, and you gravitated to each other. I mean, how many writers are there? A dozen? There's yeah, about twelve. There was. A, uh, yeah. Well, we all sit in the same
6: room. It's so, one room,
3: ain't but one room. Yeah,
6: and uh, you know, uh, there's a bunch of boys. Uh, And then there's me and Amber And we're rowdier than all of Uh, us The loudest people in the room (laughs) (laughs) By a mile
1: (laughs) right. well here's a game Michelle, you are a track and field star in high school and college We know your high jump personal record Is five foot four inches This is a game called Could Michelle Jump Over This? (laughs) I'm going to describe an object You two will consult and figure out if Michelle could have jumped over this. <laughs> if you do well enough, listener Shoshana Strom from Washington, D.C., a place you love, yeah. will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Ooh. <laughs> I know. All right, could Michelle jump over a Mini Cooper?
6: Yeah. Yes. Wait, wait, do I have to jump as, as wide as a Mini Cooper or just the height of? The height of Mini Cooper. The height, of height Cooper? and width of or just the height of? Just the
1: height. Yes, no, you're right. Yes, uh, a Mini Cooper is four foot five.
6: Oh yeah, I can still do that today. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You remember when like Blake Griffin dunked over a Kia? <laughs> yeah. Kias aren't that tall. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah.
1: <laughs> Could Michelle jump over the Mona Lisa?
6: Yes, that thing's tiny. Of course. That thing's the size no, no, of, a piece of mean, is it paper. hanging no, on the No, wall? no. I
1: mean the actual person. Ah. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs>
6: Mona? You mean Mona? <laughs> we call her Mona. She's our friend. Is her last name Lisa? Uh huh. Her name is Mona Lisa. Mona Sarah Lisa. <laughs> or Sarah. Her Lisa. name was Lisa, and she always went. Oh. <laughs> I forgot how corny you are, <laughs> Oh, I'm Lisa. Oh, I'm Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> a great character. Uh, that's a pretty good that's character. A, why am I smiling? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Come no. to my new one-woman show. <laughs> the Moans of Lisa. The mo- <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I could jump over no. her. It's an it's a, it's a 8 by 10 piece of paper, right? Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, a photocopy jump yeah, over yeah. it. Yes.
1: yes, the Mona Lisa is 2 feet 6 inches tall. Oh, all right. feet, yeah, You could totally jump over that. Yeah, yeah. Could Michelle jump over the shortest NBA player of all time,
3: Muggsy Bogues? Muggsy Bogues? He's 5'4". you know four. nothing
6: about sports, and you
3: knew that. Here is the thing. When <laughs> Muggsy Bogues was a thing, I was the same size, and so I thought it was magical. So anytime I saw him, I was like, that is me. Right. I think he was 5'4". And I think I was 5'4, and I think that that is true. Well, we're gonna go with Amber. <laughs> and we're gonna say yes. It's actually 5'3, so yes. Oh! yes. Oh! <laughs> All
1: right, here's your last clue. Could Michelle jump over the legendary racehorse Sea Biscuit?
6: Horses seem tall. Oh, uh, no, he's still tall. He's too tall. They oh. seem very tall. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I think no.
1: All right, actually, Sea Biscuit is five foot one. So yes, you could oh. jump over Sea Biscuit. Oh. What? Wait! <laughs> Congratulations, Michelle and Amber. Yay! You and Shoshana Strom have one. Ask me another Rubik's Cube. Yay! <laughs> Amber, I'll be talking to you a little later in the show. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Michelle, such a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much for, much being for part having me. Thank you so much for having me. Michelle Wolf is doing stand up on tour right now across the country. Check her out. Michelle Wolf, everybody. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next two contestants will play a game about brunch. So we'll charge $17 for each question, even though you could make equally good questions at your own home. (laughs) Let's meet our contestants. First up, Melanie Clarer. You're a software engineer at Google, and amazingly, this line of work is a family tradition.
6: Yeah. Um, my dad and grandfather both were in industry, and my sister, who's here tonight, also works as a software engineer. That's amazing. Yeah. And how do you like it? Oh, I love it. I love being able to wear sweatpants to work, mostly.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it, right. Exactly. It's all about what you get to wear to work. Of course. Melanie, when you ring in, we're going to hear This. Your opponent is Ben Kafokalis. You're a high school math teacher. That's right. So, on the side, you and your roommates create videos, including a shot-for-shot remake of Dirty Dancing. What? <laughs> That's amazing.
7: That is correct.
1: And, uh... So, why that movie? Just... Kind of um, I actually
7: don't fully know the origin story. I just um, <laughs> got a phone call from my friend saying, hey, come hang out at our friend's house this weekend. Uh-huh. And I was like, sure. And I walked in the door and they gave me a wig and said, put this on, you're playing Penny.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Ben, when you ring in, we'll hear this. All right, remember, Melanie and Ben, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. Let's go to your first game. This is a music parody game called Over Easy Like Sunday Morning. Jonathan Colton, take it away.
2: Thank you, Afira. Who likes brunch? Everybody likes brunch. We wrote the Commodore's song, Easy, to make it about things associated with brunch. Just ring in to tell me what I'm singing about. Here we go. No know it sounds funny, but I like my bacon round. And my egg poached, I ain't bluffing. Smothering dates so the whole thing's drowned. All on a toasted English muffin.
7: Ben. Eggs Benedict. Eggs
2: Benedict is
1: correct. Canadian bacon, that's like, obviously just like regular bacon with healthcare.
2: (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) It's green and trendy. It's guacamole but with more eggs. There is spending It's why you can't afford a mortgage Melanie. Avocado toast. Yeah, that's right. Why in the world would you say it's not good for me? I mean, it's mostly just tomato. Tabasco and Worcestershire, fresh, healthy celery. A little vodka, if I say so. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, you got it. What's that thing about Bloody Mary in a mirror? Uh, if you say Bloody Mary three times in a mirror, then she appears. Right. Behind you.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought it was never look in a mirror after three Bloody Marys. Yeah, that's... <laughs>
2: <laughs> Take a picture. Facebook owns this app in your paw. Post the picture. Tag it with the hashtag Nom, nom, (laughs) nom, nom Instagram Instagram, that's correct (laughs) This is your last clue Some bubbly wine, please Pop the cork and use that tall flue an orange, fresh, sweet. I like to hide my booze in juice fruit. Mimosa. Melanie. Mimosa is correct. All right,
1: great game. Melanie is in the lead. <laughs> Hey eggheads, if you can handle hard-boiled questions, we want you to poach you for our show. Scramble over to amatickets.org to find out how to be a contestant. Coming up, comedian Amber Ruffin will join us for a quiz inspired by Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. This game is like a dating app because it's full of monsters that you never have to meet. I'm Ofira Eisenberg and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Project Lead the Way. Today's world is driven by STEM. At Project Lead the Way, they believe learning by doing helps every student in every grade be STEM successful. Learn more at pltw.org NPR.
5: This message comes from NPR sponsor Proven Winners Color Choice Shrubs, which believes plants and gardening are for everyone. With over 25 years of developing, trialing, and testing some of the most recognized flowering shrubs and evergreens on the market, Proven Winners Color Choice makes it easy to transform dull landscapes into colorful, vital spaces for work and play. Available in the distinctive white containers at garden centers nationwide. Or learn more at provenwinnerscolorchoice.com slash NPR. Humans are kind of overrated. Over on Shortwave, a science podcast, we're only kind of kidding. We're bringing you the wondrous world of animal science to your daily life. From queer animal love stories to songbird memories, we're showing you how critter knowledge informs human science. Listen now to Shortwave, a podcast from NPR.
2: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Before the break, we met our contestants, Melanie and Ben. Soon, they'll play a game inspired by calendars. Fun fact, many days of the week are named after old-timey gods. For example, Wednesday is named after Woden, a.k.a. Odin, a.k.a. Thor's dad, a.k.a. Anthony Hopkins. So, we decided it's time to shake the calendar up a bit. So, your next game is a word game called Gregorian Makeover. We're mashing up months and days of the week with other
2: words, phrases, and names. For example, if we said, this day of the week was named for Odin's wife, Frigg, but it's been renamed for the cooking method used to make beignets, you would answer, deep fat Friday. Get it? (laughs) So
1: just think of it this way. The day of the week or the month always comes second in the mashup, and you'll get every one. Melanie, stay in the lead, and you will be in our final round. Ben, you need to get more points, or you're going to go home with a lovely parting gift. It's a Garfield desk calendar. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Remember, he hates Mondays, but loves lasagna. (laughs) Here we go. This month was named after Julius Caesar's heir, but the people have spoken, and they'd rather this month honor Jake Gyllenhaal as a left-handed boxer.
7: Ben. Um, left handed boxer was South So the Caesar his heir was Mark Anthony? No, that's not right. It was wasn't <laughs> that was somewhere in there. Wait, um South October. South October.
1: That's great. You did something there that is very close. But not what we're looking for, Melanie, can you steal? South Poggest. South Poggest, we were looking for. Right. This spooky month used to come eighth in the Roman calendar, but now there is mandatory karaoke to celebrate the boy band, whose members include Jordan Knight and Johnny McIntyre. Mm, interesting. Boy band, mm-hmm. Jordan Knight and Johnny McIntyre didn't mean anything to you. Um, That's okay. It's Melanie?
6: October, maybe Menundo? I don't know.
1: <laughs> Relax, everybody.
7: Wow, everybody got really upset about that. <laughs> I know.
1: Ben, can you steal?
7: So I think it's October, spooky month, but I don't know boy bands very well, and I'm hearing <laughs> the gas from the audience. So Backstreet, October. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Oh, I did not expect
2: this to be yes. the most sensitive nerve okay. that we would touch tonight.
1: I know of all the possibilities. Okay, what is it, audience? New Kids on the Wait. What? New Kids on the Block which oh. they all celebrate clearly. Wow.
2: <laughs> this day of the week was named for two. The Anglo-Saxon war god, but now it's named for a type of parrot found in the Philippines and Australia.
7: Ben. Caca tuesday (laughs) Yeah, that's right.
1: Popular night at some clubs. This is your last clue. (laughs) This day of the week was named after the moon, but now it celebrates the singer of You're So Vain. She probably thinks this day is about her, and she's right. Ben.
7: Carly Cy Monday.
1: <laughs> That's correct, yes. All right, that was a very hard game. You both are geniuses. Let me just say that. You're amazing. And after two games, Ben is going to our final round. While Laurel and Ben get ready for our final round, it's time for us to meet our next special guest. She's a writer on Late Night with Seth Meyers and frequently appears on the show, Amber Ruffin, everybody. (laughs) Amber, welcome back to Ask Me Another. Why, thank you. So, you narrate Drunk History... Yes, dude. It's the best time. I got to say, I wonder, uh, first of all, what is your drink of choice? Uh, Vodka Rebel. Nice. And how do you figure out what your perfect intoxication to performance
3: balance is? You don't, dude. (laughs) Not for for drunk history, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, they don't want you to look like a douche. So they will fix it so you look like you didn't go throw up.
1: Right. Oh, Tyrka. So you auditioned for Saturday Night Live in 2014. You do not get it, but instead you get a call from Seth Myers. Yes. I mean, just tell me how that kind of happened.
3: First of all, auditioned for SNL, and there was Lakendra Tooks. She got hired as a writer. Um, Leslie Jones, at first she got hired as a writer. Sashir Zameda, she got mm. hired as an actor. And Amber Ruffin, who got hired as nothing! <laughs> they all got the part. I didn't get the part. There were two days in between my not getting SNL and my getting Late Night, where I was just back in L.A., babysitting my perfect baby because I was a nanny. And then, uh, I got a call from Seth Myers, and Seth was like, hey, Amber. And I was like, oh, man, Seth, you didn't have to call. I assumed he was calling to say, I'm sorry you
6: didn't get <laughs>
3: SNL. <laughs> it never occurred to me that he had a late night show and that he would want me to ride on it. But, um, he did! And now we all have jobs! That's Yay, great. That's people. great.
1: Yay! And in, in addition to being a writer, you appear in many segments on the show, Amber's Minute of Fury, Jokes Seth Can't Tell, just to name a couple. I do. What is the genesis of these segments happening?
3: Girl, I just came in there angry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joke Seth Can't Tell was Jenny Hagel, mm. who I do um, jokes Seth Can't Tell with. She and I really write everything I do on the show together. We're little best friends. She came up with uh, joke Seth Can't Tell because she was like, we are hemorrhaging these delicious jokes, and they're just going to go into the garbage, and no one's ever going to see them. She thought that was a shame. But uh, then I came up with Amber Says What Because of the Olympics. Mm. Remember that guy from Tonga? had all that oil on him and no clothes and I was like what this is still families at home watching this and your thighs sir are glistening but okay so then I just wrote a what about that Olympics and then we ended up doing it again and then minute of fury just came from you know racism in America yeah.
1: Yeah, what kind of feedback do you get from your fans after they watch A, uh, a Minute of Fury?
3: They, you know, it's all of it. Black people say, I know that's right. But then white people say, I never knew that anything like this was happening. You have opened my eyes, ma'am to a it's like, great but reading it does make me laugh quite a bit I just think that's a silly thing to yeah, happen that's great
1: Amber are you ready for your ask me another challenge uh, yes but it's gonna be bad cause I don't really know anything yes yes no you do it's gonna be great you know a lot of things cause Amber Amber Ruffin you wrote a musical about Bigfoot yes I did yeah. What inspired your love of Bigfoot? How long has this
3: been going on? Um, I just like m- big hairy things. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just thought that would be a fun, you know, topic for a musical, and uh, I wrote uh, Bigfoot with my friend Kevin Serretta and um, David Schmoll, and we just made this big, beautiful musical that was just as silly as humanly possible. And it just really turned out to be something very beautiful. And uh, who knows, maybe it's going to do something. I would love that. Are you kidding?
6: Yay!
1: So, Bigfoot is one of the legendary probably fake creatures out there just like the Loch Ness Monster, Yeti or Chupacabra. They are known as cryptids. Uh, so your quiz is about lesser known cryptids
3: of the world. Well, you've said the two that I know so.
1: <laughs> Good. So, for this challenge, we are going to bring back as your competitor this time, Michelle Wolf everybody. Yeah.
3: Vocally, which one is which? You do Ooh. not know. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> you guys are ready to roll. <laughs> All
1: right, here's your first question. It's multiple choice. <gasps> Here we go. What is the Jersey Devil? A, a Tasmanian devil wearing a hockey jersey. B, a legendary squid that causes shipwrecks off the coast of Normandy. C, a creature with a goat head and wings from Southern New Jersey. Amber is C. That is correct. Yeah, I'm just guessing. Yeah. What is Ogopogo? A, a pogo stick that bounces on its own. B, a lake monster in British Columbia. C, a Texan snake with a head on both ends of its body, making it a palindromic reptile that is the same <laughs> forward and backwards, just like the word Ogopogo. <phone rings> Michelle.
6: Oh, um... <laughs> I think it's I'm gonna, I'm gonna say go B. B. Yeah. I'm gonna go B. That's
1: right. Oh! It's essentially the Canadian Loch Ness Monster. Three sightings happened just this September. <laughs> what is a globster? A a sloppy lobster. B a mobster who reproduces via asexual budding. C, an organic blob that shows up next to a lake or ocean. Amber. C. Yes, they are generally the bodies of dead animals.
3: I'm just guessing. Letters that I think are the I feel answer. Like I pressed my buzzer
5: before you. <laughs> Michelle is
3: actually thinking, see how
6: far that gets you. I would start singing, but it sounds like this. <laughs>
1: All right, here's your last one. What is the Snallygaster? A, a demon who pops out of nowhere to shame you for being surprised at something obvious. B, a cloud of spores that can take the shape of any person. Or C, a dragon-like beast that terrifies the people in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Michelle.
6: A? I'm
1: sorry,
3: that is incorrect.
1: Ah.
6: It's C!
1: That is right, Amber. It's C. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but you both did great Yay! But congratulations Thank you Michelle for coming back to play Yay! Amber regularly appears on Late Night with Seth Meyers Give it up for Michelle Wolf and Amber Ruffin It's time to crown our big winner Let's bring back our finalist Laurel Happenin, Who's all about taxi driver, law and order and bagels and Ben Kafokalis, who played Penny in a shot-for-shot remake of *Dirty Dancing*. <laughs> Laurel, Ben, your final round is called "More Questions Than Answers." Every answer begins with who, what, when, where, or why. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Michelle Wolf and Amber Ruffin. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Ben is going first. Here we go. Ben, this popular children's book challenges the reader to find a man wearing a red and white striped shirt and hat. Where's Waldo? That is correct. Laurel, this popular smartphone messaging service was acquired by Facebook in 2014 for nearly $20 billion. What's app? That is correct. Ben. Abbott and Costello are known for this comedy routine about confusingly named baseball players. Who's on first? Correct. Laurel, Dr. Seuss's Grinch tried to ruin this town's Christmas. Whoville. That's correct. Ben, the Black Eyed Peas received a Grammy nomination for this 2003 hit featuring an uncredited Justin Timberlake.
7: Where is the love? That
1: is Correct. Laurel, this is Shakira's English-language breakthrough lead single off her 2001 album, Laundry Service. No idea. Something with hips. Where's my hips? <laughs> Incorrect. We were looking for whenever, wherever. <laughs> ben, this 2004 Tyler Perry play was adapted into a movie of the same name. It spawned a 2010 sequel.
7: Ooh, um... My Tyler Perry movies aren't great. <laughs> um, I don't know.
1: We were looking for, why did I get married? <laughs> Laurel, this PBS children's game show ended with a contestant shouting, do it, rock a Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? That is correct. We're at the halfway point, and the score is tied, three points each. Ben Maurice Sendak wrote and illustrated this children's book about a runaway boy named Max.
7: Where the wild things are. That is correct.
1: Laurel Shell Silverstein wrote and illustrated this book that includes a poem about Sarah Cynthia Sylvia, Sylvia Stout, Stout. She would who would take not take the, the garbage, garbage out. out. Oh, where the sidewalk ends. That is correct. Ben, this best selling pregnancy advice book was originally published in 1984.
7: What to expect when you're expecting? That is correct.
1: Laurel, couples George and Martha and Nick and Honey are at the center of this Edward Albee play about drunken confrontations. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? That is correct. Okay, we have one last question for each of you. The score is tied. Ben, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan play platonic friends who fall in love in this 1989 romantic comedy.
7: Um, Okay, wait, so this is when they're in the diner and she does the... uh, (laughs) (sighs) Orgasm. (laughs) Um,
6: she enjoys her i And
7: it's not coming to me. I know it's like the second time that I've disappointed the audience, third maybe. Um, when Harry met Sally. That is correct. <laughs> Laurel, you
1: have to get this question right to stay in the game. Tony Danza plays a retired baseball player who works as a housekeeper in this 1980s sitcom. Angela, who's the boss? There you go. All right, those are all of our questions, so we are down to a tiebreaker. It's Bugs Bunny's three-word catchphrase. Ben.
7: What's up, Doc?
1: Well done. Laurel, congratulations. You are such a wonderful contestant. thank you so much. Congratulations, Ben, and that is our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton.
2: Hey, my name anagram is to thou Jolta a cannon.
1: Our puzzles were written by Kimila Franklin, Scott Ross, and senior writers Greg Lightman and Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kara Weinberger and Emily Winter. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Others produced by Mike Cassif, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Edward Wyckoff-Williams, Rumel Wood, and our intern Alexis Stromer, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grundman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Noriko Okabe, and Jeff O'Neill. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NBR. Next time on Ask Me Another, our Women in Comedy Month rolls on with Retta from NBC's Parks and Recreation and Good Girls. She shares her journey from chemist to comic and the big gig she turned down. Then we treat her to a game aptly named Tweet Yourself. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games and Trivia.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Grammarly, the secure AI writing partner that understands your business. With Grammarly's AI, what used to take a few hours only takes a few clicks. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said, done.
5: This message comes from NPR sponsor Betterment. The drama of having an enemy turned lover is never chill, but your investing portfolio should be. Betterment is the investing app that lets you be totally chill about your finances. Their automated tech makes it easy to get in the market and stay in the market. Save the drama for that moment when you realize your mortal enemy is actually your soulmate. Betterment. Be invested. And totally chill. Learn more at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. On the TED Radio Hour, researcher Sasha Lucioni says AI can help us find climate solutions. But
6: just training the technology itself uses a ton of energy.
5: Training GPT, for instance, emits as much carbon as five cars in their lifetime. Tech's climate conundrum. That's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR.